Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. Songe on SAFM. As if one sobering conversation wasn't enough, we get into a second one. The South African Weather Service recently issued a long-term weather forecast warning that points to a wet spring and summer seasons, despite the weakened state of the La La Nina weather system and phenomenon. La Nina is usually associated with heavy downpours, as was the case during the previous rainfall season, as witnessed with flooding in the KZN. As these extreme climate events slowly become the new norm, there is a need to accelerate measures to build resilience, especially for vulnerable groups with low capacity to be adaptive. As we know that these climate changes affect people's livelihoods and lives and has a huge impact, especially on food security, it is thus important that we know the status of our country's readiness. The question then is, how can the country build crucial preparedness for the new normal? the importance of early warning tools and systems, a conversation with the CEO of the Water Research Commission, Dr. Jennifer Mulandwa. Matt, Jennifer, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Good evening. Thank you. Good evening to the network. Just the fact that we are having this conversation and engaging these questions should be sobering enough because we do know the wrath of nature has no equal. Definitely, definitely, we are all worried um, because we have got no control over the uh, nature and in particular the impacts that are being uh, much more prevalent and brought to by climate change uh, conditions as you're observing. The conversation about climate change, I mean, what at a bare minimum, so as to engage the question for the science that it is, as opposed to what many are making it to be a politicized thing. What is irrefutable about climate change, climate change particularly as it affects South Africa in relation to water, water security or water scarcity, and the droughts or the floods that may follow, and general matters incidental to the weather? What are those conversations that you just wish South Africans at a bare minimum could accept as science and as truth? Look, Sangeso, I think um, the politics of it all will say that because human beings ultimately become affected, therefore it's a political matter. However, from a technical point of view, Mm. I think, and from a human experience point of view, and what we're experiencing on a daily basis and what we see on the media, it's that it is a reality. You know, the climate um, cycles, as we have known them, have changed. We are having more extreme weather events, whether it be uh, floods or it be droughts. And obviously this has got to have an onset. We no longer have the summers that we are used to. We are no longer having the winters that we are used to. Point in case where we are currently in Johannesburg, it's cold, and this is not uh, quite uh, the norm. So we are experiencing it, and we are supposed to be conversing around being prepared, ensuring that our country is resilient and the vulnerable can be protected around these times. I think for me, that is much critical uh, discussion that needs to be had. We need to be talking about our readiness and preparedness to deal with the impacts of climate change as they arise, and most importantly, to protect lives. So we have noted that, um, for example, our infrastructure 
that we have was uh, constructed many years ago was constructed for certain conditions and now the conditions the material conditions in terms of the climate are changing and that calls for us to question are we ready is our infrastructure resilient can it be able to convey this water and can people be protected so we need to be proactive in actually preparing for this how do we do that um I think you spoke about the early warning systems. Early warning systems start from what you have just alluded to in terms of the uh, South African Weather Service saying that we are having going to have a more wetter um, summer than the norm, even though it is a little bit weakened, which is the Ladina effect that you talked about. And that being said, it's that where are the areas where it is highly likely to have more impact? We need to be able to understand that. And once you know that, we need to be able to say, then what is the plan? I believe for me, preparedness talks mostly to education and awareness. It talks to readiness around infrastructure and making sure that we are able to move people and make um, uh, some kind of a plan for the people. But also we need to be able to not just look at it as in moving people from one point to another. Wherever we're moving them, we need to be able to make sure that there is at least the basic requirements, such as water, such as sanitation, such as uh, medicine, um, such as uh, shelter and cover. And I think in that way, we should be able to say we are ready as a country. Let's talk about that state of readiness and then perhaps the strong stakeholders who really should be in a room more frequently talking about these issues. Of course, the Department of Environmental and Water Affairs is an important stakeholder in all of this. I would imagine land affairs is equally an important stakeholder, more particularly when we talk about the matters that will then spill over into food security. Department of Housing in relation to the building materials that are used and where the houses themselves are situated for the purposes of meeting a socio-economic right and bringing in, of course, your municipal councils will have to demarcate that land because it will fall within their municipal demarcations. Do you get the sense that, and of course, of course, of course, yourselves, Water Research Commission is just going to come through with the technical data. Is there at this stage a room that from time to time has these stakeholders or something that resembles the critical stakeholders in a room more frequently to address these continued changes in the weather patterns? I believe, um, you know, under the Department of uh, COPTA, you know, we have recently come um, out of the disaster um, management. So they are, are mandated to deal with issues of disaster. And the beautiful thing is that they are actually responsible for your municipalities, for your, obviously, your traditional owned lands and all of that. But what is happening, and currently I think our biggest concern would become um, KwaZulu-Natal, in particular, Etiquini. You do have a room that is a disaster management forum. Sorry, sorry, Ma. Sorry, Ma. Can I just yes. ask you just to hold that thought? The Roman Kazadent okay. Disaster Management Forum. We have to take a break now. We'll return very quickly. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezomapete on SAFM. Beg your pardon for that. We continue the conversation. 86 2032 If you want to participate in this conversation, please do give us a call. That's the new line for SAFM Studio. 
Of course, the WhatsApp facility hasn't changed, 0614-104-107. The question I had asked to Dr. Jennifer Mulandwa, the CEO of the Water Research Commission, was, are we engaging the... Is there in South African public space, if you like, or even PP space, public-private space, a conversation that is taking place with the critical stakeholders? You are about to tell us what's happening in KZN, ma'am. Do you want to continue, please? Yes. So at the, at the district level and at the provincial level, you will have what you call the disaster management forum. And there you'll have all the technical people obviously contributing to the conversation in terms of <clears throat> what um, is happening, what is anticipated to happen, and how they're going to deal with the, with the uh, effects of, of, of where they be hiring for. But the most critical conversations that should be had is that... Um, you know, the nature, the wrath of nature happens, situation changes so quickly. So you are basically just compounding a rainfall pattern that would happen over a period of months, over a very short period of time. Mm. That requires data information, that requires very quick decision making. It requires very good communication systems, not just within the room, but beyond the room and into the communities where we know that this is going to take place. Case in point or an example is that if you go into any uh, 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 place, you go to a conference center, you know, they will tell you if you hear an alarm ring, this is where you have to move, this is what you need to do. Are we even educating and making our people aware of their responsibility at least to be active participants in this discussion to make sure that they know what's, what, what, what's going to happen? They are prepared. When it happens, then what must people do? Because I think in most cases, people are just left to their own devices and hoping that somebody's coming to save them. So we need to change the kind of conversation we're going to have so that when we can be able to detect that this is going to happen and the change is happening so quickly, at least people can also be able to move to spaces and areas where they have been uh, you know, demarcated or allocated for them to be able to move to you know, high-rising areas and things like that, and then who is going to be able to pick them from that, those areas into other places, that becomes very much important. But, I mean, from the recent uh, two seasons that we've had of the same uh, kind of higher uh, and higher than normal rainfall, how are we then also um, rectifying or correcting uh, the disasters that have happened, we really need to be wiser than uh, and know better that we are not going to replace what was to the conditions that it was prior to the disaster. We really need to now be preparing uh, infrastructure for the future. And we need to be using more evidence-based uh, decision-making in the areas where we are going to develop and to be able to move the people knowing very well that the areas where they would have stored disaster struck badly, it's probably going to happen again because of Katswana, we say uh, a place where yeah, so those sure. areas create uh, what we call new rivers. And uh, as a result, then you're highly unlikely to develop there or to return the people there. But we need to be consciously looking for newer and safer spaces which will have less impact. That uh, might be the point, but I mean, let's look at the reality is, I mean, for instance, if it rains in winter in Cape Town, as it did this year, there are people who are going to be affected by floods. That's a fact. If it rains hard enough and for long enough here in Johannesburg, the banks of the Jukske are just going to sweep down with it 
and its waters certain homes that are built on the floodlines. It's a fact. It's known now. We can see those houses if you just move along the Jukske River. In KZN and parts of the Eastern Cape, that is just something we know. Now, are these systems ready? Are they available? Can they be deployed? If they are to be deployed and they make these necessary warning systems, what am I, as an ordinary member of the public, supposed to hear? Because if that does exist, then I'm going to critique the fact that the advocacy program in relation to that has not filtered down to the recipient, who should be the homeowner, the person at home or communities, so that they can make such decisions. Similarly, I don't know what has to happen, but if it's going to rain every summer in Gauteng and the Jukescape banks are going to burst and taking people and life with them, same thing in Cape Town in the winter, whatever is happening is clearly not working. Um, for that question, I think that's a very good one. Um, look, you're correct when you're saying, is the advocates working? And I think that therein lies the question in all of the resources that we have available to us, the information and the data and the science, how do we prepare people? And I've said that, and I think we need to do better as a country because you have even pointed out areas that you know because it has happened and it has happened over and over again. Mm. But what we need to know is that it doesn't rain all year round, right? Yes. It rains at, at, some point, at some point when it doesn't rain. That is the point when we need to take action and be proactive and make sure that there is adequate money put aside to manage those disasters, to make sure that you build. But also people need to be educated. I mean, how many times have you heard uh, perhaps stories around people being moved from those SK uh, river banks and people refusing? So it's about education, awareness, and making people understand what is the intention, but not just saying we're moving you today, but saying that we anticipating that in the wet season, this is what's going to happen. These are the areas. And consult people and help them and have them to be part of the decision-making. Obviously, making sure that I mean, the decisions are taken by people that, that know how. But are we investing enough as a country to make sure that we are able to deal with disasters as they happen? I don't think so. Um, the recent floods, I mean, we were talking mm. about, you know, it could cost a billion rands. I don't think it should happen as the flood occurred. It should cost a billion rands. We should be able to know. And that is why we've got some of these models and um uh, early warning systems like the now casting uh, a model that then will show in which areas are likely to be affected. So we need to enumerate people and we need to be able to look at the numbers and say what will it cost us to move these people to another area and I think that's very important. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to have to cut you but we certainly have run out of time. I could talk to you about this for much longer because it really does talk to whether or not the government is planning for the people and if the people know what government is planning for it and if the conversations between these two very critical bodies is happening the way that it should be happening. Not necessarily because one doesn't care, but is the way things happening responsive to the conditions on the ground. But for now, thank you so much for your time, Dr. Jennifer Mulanto, CEO of the Water Research Commission. The time now is... 21 hours, 01. I beg your pardon. I'm a minute over time. Modupi Makalimeli on the news.